The Wickham Wanderers Show. People of Wickham, stop what you are doing and if you are able, stand and applaud because Gareth Ainsworth has led Wickham Wanderers to the Championship, the highest level of football that they have played in their history. Beating Oxford United 2-1 at Wembley Stadium tonight. Wickham Wanderers will be playing in the Championship next season. That was just amazing, you know. We're not... We're, we can't afford the best footballing players, but heart and determination, and that was a wicked performance. I'm so, so proud of the boys, you know. They would just ground it out. They were just, honestly, I, I can't believe it. No matter where we finish on the table, this will be the highest finish in Wickham Wanderers history. And so it is going to be a tough, 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 tough road to hoe. It's going to be a real learning curve, and, uh, and there's no better place to learn than Wickham. It's, it's a brilliant atmosphere, great great people work here and uh, very proud to be the manager and wake up every day. Very lucky, very happy and I wanted to give my all and that will continue into the championship, definitely. I'll say it for the people in the back, Wickham's in the championship, wait, wait, I'll say it one more time, Wickham's in the championship, wait, people in the back didn't hear me, Wickham is in the championship. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound, the Wickham Wanderers Show. A very good evening to you. Welcome along to the second ever edition of the Wickham Wanderers show on Wickham Sound. I'm Bob Johnson. And I'm Colin Besley. Do you think we'll number them each time? Like next year we'll be going, this is the 52nd edition of the, the Wickham Wanderers show. <laughs> no, I promise you next week I won't say this is the third ever Wickham Wanderers no, show. No, you can. That was, that was just specially for today. <laughs> the second one, it's the difficult second album. It is, it? it's the difficult second album, but it's going to be a good one. We've got lots lined up, including... Uh, including speaking to uh, Gareth Ainsworth, David Wheeler and Neil Harmon post the Rotherham United match. The very first game in the Championship. That sounds quite exciting just saying that, doesn't it? It does, yes. And uh, it still sounds exciting saying Championship and Wickham Wanderers in the same breath. And if you'd like to imagine what it's like being in the media and getting access to a game under the uh, coronavirus lockdown situation and restrictions, we'll be having a sort of behind-the-scenes tour, if you like, of uh, a Bob's Eye View. We will... Just thought of that, a Bob's Eye View. A Bob's Eye View. We will be hearing from Phil Catchpole as he catches up with Wickham fan Mark Evans, who worked on the FIFA series and also once tried to persuade Lionel Messi to sign for Wickham. And we'll be catching up with Harry Gadd, who's an off-the-field signing. Uh, He's tasked with spreading the worldwide Wickham Wanderers message uh, across the, well, literally across the world. And we will be hearing from Gareth Ainsworth ahead of his visit back to his boyhood home, Blackburn Rovers. Lots to look forward to in the coming hour on the second edition of the Wicker Wanderer Show here at Wickham Sound. But first, only one place to start, I think, and that's the uh, very first game in the Championship, uh, which is very exciting, and you were there. I was, indeed, yes. I was lucky enough to be one of the media that was allowed into Adams Park, and we will hear more about that later on. But, Colin, oh, it was a heartbreaking game. It really was, because Wickham had played so well throughout the 90 minutes, we'd created more chances than Rotherham. I felt we definitely deserved, really, to, if not to take all three points, we definitely deserved a point. Um, and it was just so sickening at the end that Rotherham did a Wickham Wanderers to Wickham Wanderers uh, and popped up with a set piece, uh, free header, uh, pass Ryan Allsop, 
Uh, and obviously, yes. So we started life in the championship with a one 0 defeat. But you spoke about the chances. It must be so encouraging for Gareth and for the whole team to to kick off a season so promisingly. Yeah, I mean, uh, Daryl Horgan after a few minutes, you know, had such a glorious chance. Unfortunately, was just leaning back a little bit too much, and obviously, and the ball went over the bar. But you know, heart was in mouth at that point because you thought, goodness me, you know, and. As it is always said, you know, football is a game of such fine margins. And I know that we're really going to discover this more than ever now that we're in the championship. But, you know, you just watched and you thought if that had gone in the whole afternoon, the whole narrative would have been so, so different. Uh, you know, it would have been a wonderful start. But we had some other good opportunities as well. Uh, we put the ball on the bar at some point. Uh, and fantastically, Scott Kashkett tried to lob Jamal Blackman, which I was very impressed with, considering that Jamal Blackman is, you know, a serious user unit of a goalkeeper. And didn't Joe Jacobson have a shot from inside his own half as well? Uh, Joe Jacobson did, yes indeed. Yes, the, the, there was a moment where you then thought, oh, OK, he's stopped trying to score from corners now. He's now, now trying to score these fantastic, you know, David Beckham-esque against Wimbledon type goals. Uh, and it wasn't too far away either. And what I read in some of the uh, match reviews, which I thought was really nice, was mentioned that there were eight of the team team who were in that player final as well, which is a really nice reward for them and for, for working so hard in the previous campaign. Yeah, and they didn't look out of place. You know, again, I, I appreciate we were playing Rotherham who were in League One last season um, but you know it, it, they definitely looked worthy of their places you know we know that Wickham have obviously signed uh, a lot of players some of those who were on the bench on Saturday um, Daryl Horgan does look like a fantastic addition up front but you know it was some of the, the, the old guard who were absolutely brilliant Scott Kashka had a fantastic game he never stopped running uh, for the whole say 85 minutes that he was on the pitch Something which we didn't really touch on in our opening edition was the new signings and it's, it's so exciting isn't it when when new players come in and especially uh, from a level like the, the Scottish Premiership as well and you mentioned uh, Mr Horgan who you say has already made such a good start in the games that he has played Yes, he really has. And we look forward now to seeing Uchi Ikpiatsu, who will be obviously, you know, who's itching to get on the pitch um, and apparently is um, the, the, the second uh, most difficult player to get off the ball um, in the FIFA game. We're going to hear that interview a bit later on. Uh, but so, so we have the two players uh, who have the highest rating with regards to that, um, Akin Fenwa um, and Uchi as well. And Jason McCarthy and Jack Grimm having them back as well, obviously feel like new signings, but uh, having the bonus of having already played for the club as well. Yeah, and Jack Grimm, again, played really, really well, I felt, on, on Saturday. Uh, and Jason McCarthy, well, you know, well, what can you say about him? You know, absolute fantastic player, really, really good that he is back uh, in, in the light and dark blue. And a really nice story, if you like, to have David Stockdale returning too. Yes, yeah, yeah, really good that he's come back as well. You know, the, the squad is beginning to shape up, even though we've got easily the smallest uh, budget in the Championship. It's it's shaping up quite nicely, I think. I don't know about you, but when I saw the, the team news on Saturday uh, I, and the team sheet, I actually felt quite excited, thinking that's that's a really strong strong yeah. lineup. Yeah, definitely. So did I. Um, you know, and as I say, so it proved, actually, that we did have more of the chances than Rotherham. Uh, you know, I mean, it was a tough old game. It was very much a you know a, a physical battle throughout uh, there were probably more chances in the first half it was almost as if by half time both managers had sort of slightly sussed out what the opposition was trying to do and actually the second half was a lot more defensive and a lot more cagey obviously until the second minute of injury time uh, when yes you know it, it was just heartbreaking because as I say just before that or shortly before that um, Scott Kashkat had had this great opportunity where he lobbed Jamal Blackman um, and Rotherham just managed to clear it away off the line I think traditionally as well in an opening game of the season 
season, you're never really sure how it's going to go. Did it really feel like that, that both teams are kind of sussing each other oh, out? And- you know, so, so much so, particularly now, when you think, well, Rotherham haven't played a game since, you know, since, what, March? Um, you know, there hasn't been very much of a pre-season. You know, yes, Wickham have played a couple of games. I'm sure Rotherham played a couple of games as well. But it really hasn't been the normal build-up that you would get going into a season. Um, so really, yeah, the, the teams were coming at each other very fresh and not being quite sure what to expect. Um, and as I say, I, I actually, I expected the first half to be a much more cagey, uh, you know, a bit of a sort of passing it around, you know, nobody actually wanting to, to make any mistakes. But it really wasn't that at all. It was a really engrossing game of football for the first 45 minutes. Um, whereas in the second half, yeah, they definitely had slightly more got the measure of each other. And was there a real sense that, you know, as you say, you got to 90 minutes and you thought, well, you know, we'll take a point. And then, like you say, this happens so many so times for, for Wickham as well in, in, in added on time, yep. which, which feels like it could go on indefinitely, but you can get 96, 98 minutes even yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so, so much, you know, you, you were then sort of like looking at the clock and thinking, oh, well, you know, a, a point's not bad, uh, you know, but maybe we've still got, a t- you know, time to, to go down the other end and, and snatch it. Um, and yeah, and when they, they then got the free kick, you were then thinking, well, you know, hope Hopefully, you know, we, we've been really good at defending set pieces up until that point. You know, this is going to be OK. And yeah, you know, the player just, just got away, um, managed to, to pop up and put it past Ron also. So there must be so much to take uh, positive from that opening game that we've touched on and highlighted the amount of chances created. Yeah, yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, that was, you know, well, one of the big plus points. Um, when I spoke to Gareth after the game, you know, the first thing I said was, you know, it was a really good performance. And, you know, I was interested to see how he responded to that. Uh, you know, but he very much, you know, his eyes lit up as I said it and was very much like, yes, you know, it was. Um, and again, the fact that Wickham had more of the chances, um, I think is, you know, is really heartening. Actually, yes, we didn't pick up the three points, but I think we are going to challenge. We are going to surprise people in this division. And great that you got to speak to David Wheeler after the game as well to get a real players players eye view of proceedings as well. Yeah, that was interesting as well. You know, I did say to him, you know, did Gareth say anything different before you went out? Really expecting him to say no, but actually, no, he did say yes. You know, uh, Gaffer did have a few words about life in the Championship. So we'll hear from David Wheeler in a few moments' time. Uh, but first, Bob's thoughts uh, post-match uh, with Wickham boss Gareth Ainsworth. Our fantastic battling display, no, heartbreaking you. end. No, it was a heartbreaking end, you know, but only a heartbreaking end uh, if, if you let it become that. You know, if you look at the, the, the other 91 minutes, then I think you, you say, you know what, we've been well in this game. A point would have been great to start with, but you know, it's not happened. Um, they're, they're a very similar side to ourselves. You know, set plays were plenty today and uh, and we've just conceded right at the end on one and that was difficult to take but you know we've got to we've got to make sure we put that right we've got to look at Blackburn next week and, and see how we go against them um, yeah it'll be interesting to see how the league pans out this season I'm pretty sure we won't be uh, bottom of the league we'll be in the highest position everyone ever for this club and uh, and that's a real positive for me I'm uh, looking forward to looking at the championship table knowing Wickham are in it but then not resting on that going right I want to stay in this league I want to go higher in this league and and let's see what we can do next week we keep talking about that at Wickham Sound and the, the people of Wickham we put out a poll in the Wickham Wanderers show uh, in the week nobody thought that you would be relegated and I think that that just goes to show that actually locally we know what we are we know what we're about in this club it's the national press the national media that keeps saying that we're going to go down but actually the people of Wickham completely know how you set up uh, and when we are the underdogs that's when we really thrive yeah listen we're going to work really hard myself and my staff will work really hard now we can disrupt teams and now we can counter teams that's what we've got to do if we go told to tell with teams and start going right let's try and let's try and play the, the 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 best game in the world and play expansive football we may get done a few times i'm not saying we're not going to do that there's going to be opportunities to do that but 
at the moment we are a team that we need to really um, stop the opposition playing, counter the opposition, and have those moments of magic that we have. You know, Rotherham have had one today. You know, fantastic for them at the end of the game and. Uh, I just wish the fans were in here because I know how much they mean to me. I know how much they mean to the boys. And they got us some results last year. They got us the South End result. They got us the MK Dons result at home last season. It was brilliant. You know, the, the way they get behind us and kick into that Valley End is, is just awesome sometimes. Um, we miss you, but I'm sure you'll be back soon. And uh, and if I can hold the fort until they get back, then that'd be great. Um, love being the manager of this club. Really, really happy. And uh, and hopefully we can uh, we can get a win sooner rather than later. We did have a couple of good chances today. So, in particular, Scott Cashkett trying to lob Jamal Blackman, which isn't something that you would necessarily think with a, a goalkeeper like that. Nah. Uh, it, oh, it, you know, it was such a shame that the chances that we had probably actually we had better chances than Rotherham. No, we've hit the, hit the crossbar. We've um, we had a great header cleared off the line. We had Scott Cashkett's chance off the line. Daryl had a chance really early on, and I thought we uh, we had the, the majority of the chances. But you know, sometimes it goes that way. But I'll tell you what, it goes the other way too, and I'm waiting for that day. I thought Scott as well was a little bit unlucky. You know, he didn't he didn't get many good decisions from the referee today because I thought he was fantastic. Although he's brilliant, Scott, the real threat in there in their side. You know, and uh, I'm, I'm convinced that there's a there's a foul when he's cleaned through in the first half. But listen, you know, I wouldn't like to referee games. I'm about to have a go at that. Um, let's see what happens next week. But thanks for all your support, everyone, and uh, we go again. I also spoke to David Wheeler and asked him how he'd found the first game in the Championship for Wickham Wanderers. It was, it was very direct, very sort of uh, set-piece orientated game, but I think you know we we had the chances, so like it's encouraging that we created the chances that we did, obviously. But um, you know that's that's the fine margins, especially this season in this league. It's it's been like super clinical, really. You do need to take your chances in any league, but particularly in the Championship when you're a, a club like Wickham. Yeah, I well, yeah, I. I don't think they had another shot on goal. So, you know, if we only concede one shot on goal every game, I think we'll be fine. So it's just, you know, it's just tweaking a few things, being a little bit more um, thorough with with certain things, and and I think you know we'll be a lot a lot tighter, you know, in, in defence as as a team as a whole. Did Gareth say anything different before you went out, as it was your first game in the Championship? You know, he meant he mentioned it. He said, obviously, like, you know, you we, you done the boys, we, you done the, the club proud the, the season before, but this is a new season, and uh, it's a new challenge. So there's no point in dwelling on it and or or sort of saying, oh, well, we 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 did a a brilliant thing last season. We did, obviously, but you know, we can't sort of rest on our laurels. It's it's a huge challenge, and we've we've got to, we've got to face up to it this season. And with all due respect to Rotherham, next week you're away at former Premier League champions Blackburn Rovers, which must be exciting. Yeah, I mean, pretty much all the teams are former Premier League teams, aren't they? That's 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 the thing. That's the the beauty of it. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely sort of poses us a different a different type of challenge. Um, but again, like you know, we we need to we need to come up with the answers. And I think we do have the answers. It's just about executing it on the day. After the game, I also caught up with Neil Harmon, who, of course, wrote the book of last season, Close Quarters, and found out how things had been going since the book had been launched. Touch wood, it's gone, it's gone pretty well. Um, I can only say that for 10 days we were top of the Amazon um, Sporting Stories books, so that's, that, was, that was very reassuring. I've had nothing but, but compliments um, so far, I mean, uh, there's always people who find little things they don't like. In fact, I was just saying that it was, I did, I did a, 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 a chapter on, um, on 
Jason McCarthy and Alex Samuel and Benedict the chaplain and, and, and how faith plays a part. And someone wrote on a, on a forum, I've, I've marked you down because I don't want to read about religion in football. So I just find that quite absurd, really, if it's part of the, part of the success of the squad and part of the strength of the character of the players who play. And I think it's a fundamental part of a story. Definitely. Uh, and within Wickham, that comes across quite strongly, actually, from some of the players, doesn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a fundamental part of the strength of, of their characters, that their, their faith is is so powerful and so important to them, and I think that's um, you know if if that's something that is is going to help them grow as people and help the club grow as a club, then that's that, that's very very important. So I was a bit taken aback by that, but on on the whole, I've I've been I've been gratified. The story was there. I mean, it was a great story. So it would have taken, I think, probably a, a poor writer not to have done it justice. And I hope I've done it justice. As I say, from the club, from most fans, from those who've read it, there's been there's been nothing but but pleasing responses. You don't like to you know get get too carried away, but uh, I hope people like it. It's a great story um, of our times in a way, uh, the strange times we live in. So, um, so far, so good is, is, would be my report. And on behalf of Wickham Sound, we're very, very grateful that you put us in there as well. Well, you had a fantastic season as well, didn't you? I mean, you were up there among the, the best stations in the country. So why not celebrate, celebrate that as well? And um, you do a fantastic job for the community. Uh, and that's, that's, that's vital as well. I think, you know, you, you link. You're a great link between the people and the club. The club respect what you do and, 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 and thank you for what you do. So it was, it was, it was great. I mean, all round, Wickham had an unbelievable, unbelievable year, didn't they? And you were part of that as well. Um, today, fantastic that you're here, but heartbreaking at the end, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I think it was, it was a harsh lesson in the realities of, of football one level up. You take your eye off the ball for, for, for 10 seconds and they score. I mean, it's a very un-Wickham-like goal to concede. And I know Gareth and Dobbo will be going through that forensically next week. But it, a free header from eight yards out in the last minute... You know, you got to you got to question: Did people just lose focus for a second? Did, did, did the guy appear and no one had pick, picked him? Well, obviously, no one picked him up because he had a free header. But it was a very poor goal to concede. But a salutary lesson on the on the on day one of the championship that points are going to be very difficult to to, to get. If you get half a dozen chances in a championship match, you've got to take one. And Wickham had probably three or four, didn't take, they had one in the first minute, didn't take one. And the, the result is a, 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 you know, a heartbreaking loss in the last minute. But there's a long, long, long way to go. Really fantastic to hear from Neil Harmon. I'm really looking forward to getting his book, actually. I'm, I'm going to put it on my Christmas list. I have got the book. Have um, you? It's, it's on my Amazon Kindle. Um, and yes, I, I am looking forward to reading it. I had hoped that maybe actually um, it was available as an audio book because I was then thinking, because again, I'm lucky enough that I am going up to Blackpool, uh, sorry, Blackburn even on Saturday. Maybe Blackpool uh, as well. Uh, not Blackpool. Well, you never know. Uh, might on be your tour of the north. Yes, you know, I mean, if COVID Who knows happened, where you'll end up? Exactly. Yeah, you never know. Uh, but yeah, I was looking forward to, to driving up there and I think, uh, thinking, oh, I know, I'll listen to the audio book. But unfortunately, it's not on audio book. Yeah, um, but actually, if Neil wants to come in here to Wickham Sound and record it, then you know we we will definitely do that. Uh, I feel it'd be a great read slash listen. It is meant to be fantastic. It's got fantastic reviews, so yes, definitely, I'm looking forward to reading that. Another sort of highlight, if you like, was uh, on Monday's mid morning. We caught up with uh, Matt Cecil, who we heard from on the show uh, last week, to talk about his reflections on the opening day of the season and the fantastic coverage that the game and promotion got nationally as well. It was a proud moment for everyone at the club to see the team walk out. Um, you know, put up a really strong battle against, you know, a championship opposition. Yes, they're in League One with us last year, but they're up there on their merit. Uh, the team put in a really good performance. Uh, it was 
as, as slick as an operation as it could be off the pitch. Obviously, a, a very limited number of people were here, but I think the uh, you know the match day went smoothly from our perspective. Uh, and now we're looking forward to our first away game under these new restrictions, uh, going up to Blackburn for the first time ever next Saturday. Was it something that was in the back of your mind on the day as well that you know this is all great and everything, but th- this should have been a cracking atmosphere at Adams Park on that day? Yeah, you know, we would have forecast a sellout. Um, people will say it was only Rotherham, um, and by that I think they mean it, you know Rotherham are one of the smaller um, clubs in the Championship compared to the likes of Derby and Forest. But I think the occasion alone and the nice weather we had would have attracted um, a near sellout crowd. So you know, from a club's point of view, that would have generated a lot of revenue um, for us and for all of our partners. Um, and also, it would have just been a really great moment for the town, I think, and the town centre would have been buzzing for the days and you know in the in the lead up to it the day of the game and the evening of certainly um and for that not to take place was was a real shame so um yeah you know it it, it was a great occasion um and once you take the scoreline away from it, you know, still a really proud moment to see Wickham Wanderers contesting a championship fixture. And great that fans were still able to get a souvenir of the day with, with Park Life as well, that the programme's still continuing. Yes, yeah, you know, long live printed media. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said for, uh, you know, the changing world of newspapers and printed publications, but... Um, Sometimes you've got to have that something physical, that something tangible in your hands that is a memento of the game, it is a souvenir. Uh, sold really well. We had a new program editor to come on board, a lad called Henry, uh, who's kind of taken it to a, a new level, a uh, lot of different features, um, and that will remain going forward for the new season as well. So uh, they were able to pre-order and then have delivered, uh, I think most arrived on the Saturday morning, so people were able to read them at home before tuning in to watch it online. And you've had a new studio show as well, which with with Dan, who we've had on before as well, which which is, is great for the new season. Yeah, it's um, you know what for for years and years, Wickham Wanderers have kind of preached to the community that football isn't a TV show. You know, don't stay at home and watch the Premier League action. Come down to Adams Park and enjoy a real live match day experience. And these COVID restrictions have flipped that on its head entirely. Uh, football is now, unfortunately, in the short term, a TV show, and that's the only way you can access it. So. What can clubs do to really maximise that? Yes, there's the live streaming, which is available to all supporters. Um, season ticket holders get to watch the game for free, or the home games at least anyway. Um, and any other supporters can pay £10 to watch the game. But, you know, most fans don't just rock up at 3 o'clock on a Saturday and watch the game. They like an experience beforehand. And that's what we've tried our best to replicate with the, uh, the Chairboys live show which will be a regular feature, certainly on home games. We're looking to build it into away games where we can as well. Um, and just to bring some some light-hearted humour, some um, historical content of games gone by, uh, live studio interviews. Um, we're, we're cautious, as you will well know, the, the perils of live broadcasting and some of the uh, technical challenges we may face or, uh, you know, things going wrong or people saying the wrong things live on air but that's all part of the fun of it um so that was really well received a good number of views on that um and leveraging some sponsors as well that ordinarily would have had uh you know many many more eyeballs on their on their brands inside the stadium uh it's now kind of been transferred to this new digital platform on youtube so uh yeah that was really nice to get that underway dan uh did a great job along with mark and tom kind of behind the scenes who pulled it all together uh pushed the right buttons at the right times and uh, and made it all happen and obviously a few weeks ago we were very lucky to have um, Pete Coig in the studio and he was saying about you know what's been needed to get the club championship ready um, and it's fantastic that you've been able to sort of um, expand the, the team off the pitch as well yeah um, you know lockdown came uh, around quite sharply and you know the administrative staff were, were 
whittled right back to about five staff that were kept on while, while most others were furloughed um, just because of the you know, instant freeze on any revenue coming into the club. Um, and a lot was achieved during that time, but, but obviously um, it, it kind of gave the club an opportunity to see where it was short of, what it could do with five people and, and, and what it needed to develop. So um, club has been recruiting. We're still in the process for a couple of positions. Uh, recently brought on board Harry Gadd as a, a global marketing executive to really focus on the, the worldwide Wiccan Wanderers phenomenon, which was a, a term that was first coined by Rob Kuid last summer, and we're really seeing the fruits of it now, particularly with championship status, um, the number of supporters from overseas who want to engage with the club, want to buy shirts, want to watch games, uh, want to keep as close to the action as possible. It's not just now the High Wycombe community that we're, uh, that we're trying to talk to. It's that worldwide audience as well. So, um, yeah, expansion, um, you know, albeit on a relatively small scale, but off the pitch um, and at the training ground side as well, more staff that, that Gareth's been able to bring on board um, on the analysis side launching what's being termed a B team but it's basically an expansion of the squad we've seen younger players coming on board as well um, who will be given specialist uh, coaching you know, uh, on top of the first team training they're getting in the hope that they can break into the first team and, and go on to have successful careers with us. So there's been a, a number of changes um, since you know we were last in league action way back in February time um, and the club is certainly um, looking more prosperous than, than probably it ever has before at the moment. Must be so pleasing as well for, for yourself to have such a great sort of focus on the on the club's promotion and also obviously first game back in the championship in, in the national media as well. Yeah, you know, we, we've got some really strong relationships and, and having people like Gareth and Bayouac and Fenway, Matt Bloomfield, Joe Jacobson, all of whom were speaking to the media last week, um, great ambassadors and role models for the club, very media friendly. Uh, and this has been a club that has always willingly opened its doors to the outside world and, and and said, look, we're proud of what we've got, so come and tell our story for us, kind of thing. Um, some, some great stuff with Gareth and his band last Monday, um, which was you know, a unique perspective into the manager that you know, we see and hear a lot about um, his musical interests and his kind of rock and roll lifestyle away from football. And that was really nice to kind of showcase that in more detail. Um, so, it, yeah, it was, it was lovely to see last week kind of the unravelling of a lot of work that goes into these interviews to make them happen. Um, and uh, and seeing them all being published across various different platforms. But, of course, as well, you know, yes, there's the national and the international media, but we're very grateful to Wickham Sound as well for, you know, the continued coverage. Bob was down at the press session on Thursday morning collating a couple of interviews. Um, the first show on Thursday night was, was fantastic, and it's great to see uh, that now becoming a regular feature. So, you know, more and more people talking about Wickham Wanderers can only be a good thing. Um, it keeps the interest levels high uh, in a whole different variety of ways um, on and off the pitch uh, and long may that continue really interesting to hear Matt Cecil's thoughts uh, and we will be hearing from him uh, in future shows he has now popped up on both Wick and Wanderers shows we may even give him his own regular slot we'll have to think of a name won't we yes Cecil's Corner or something. Cecil, Cecil's Corner <laughs> maybe Cecil's needs, Yellow Cards needs more work <laughs> we're, we're, we'll have a think yeah uh, still to come, we'll be hearing from uh, Harry Gadd, who is Wickham Wanderers' latest off-the-field signing. 
we will also be catching up with Phil Catchpole, uh, who will be speaking to someone who has worked on the FIFA games and once tried to persuade Lionel Messi to sign for Wickham Wanderers. Before the end of the show as well, we'll be previewing uh, the trip to Blackburn, or Blackpool, as Bob was talked about going to, uh, but also we'll be getting... Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine I'll turn up at the wrong ground? That would be embarrassing. <laughs> Bob's travel log as well we've got coming up next. Uh, behind the scenes, uh, find out about what it was like to enter Adams Park, uh, one of the few people to enter Adams Park as well, uh, on the opening day of the Championship season with Wickham Wanderers taking on Rotherham United last Saturday. Uh, we'll be previewing, uh, reviewing that, I should say, here at Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. You're listening to uh, the Wickham Wanderers Show with Bob Johnson and Colin Besley on uh, Wickham Sound. Still to come, we will be chatting uh, to Harry Gadd to find out how uh, the worldwide Wickham Wanderers phenomenon is growing. That's going to become harder and harder to say as well, isn't it? Yes. I, I'm quite but you did it very well. I'm quite impressed that I got through that, actually. There's a lot of W's to get through. It was, it? yes. But first, uh, uh, exclusive, if you like, uh, behind the scenes. You can't build these things up enough, can you? No, you um, can't. Sort of Bob's eye view of entering Adams Park and, and what goes into getting the media accreditation in these COVID-19 times. Uh, Bob's approach to Adams Park and his kind of literally behind-the-scenes uh, access, if you like, to the game on Saturday when Wicked Wanderers had their first championship encounter uh, with Rotherham United. So it's Friday night and I am at the Wickham Sound Studios uh, looking forward to tomorrow's game against Rotherham United, the Wickham's first ever game in the Championship. And as a member of the media, I am lucky enough that I do have an invite. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I will definitely be able to get into Adams Park tomorrow. Before COVID, very much once you had an invite, uh, once you had the right accreditation, you were definitely guaranteed uh, a spot in the press box. But in these COVID days, uh, that is certainly no longer the case. And that applies if you work for the BBC, if you work for Sky, if you're with the Bucks Free Press, uh, pretty much anyone, including me as a presenter at Wickham Sound. So one of the things that you are asked, first of all, is to fill in a questionnaire. So you have to put in your name, uh, all of your details, and then you're asked a very specific COVID question. So have you had a fever in the last seven days? New persistent cough, aching limbs, sore throat, any breathing problems, uh, reduction in the sense of taste, sense of smell? Uh, luckily, I'm going to be able to say no to all of these. Have I had any close contact with a COVID patient in the last 14 days? No, not that I know of. Um, have I had a COVID test within the last week? If yes, what was the date of the test and what was the result? Uh, no, none of those apply. I understand that whilst I am at the stadium, I will be required to wear a face covering. Yes, that's fine. I must stay in the area allocated to me in the stadium, wear accreditation and wristbands at all time. Uh, and I understand that any breaching of government or local requirements for COVID-19 may lead to me being asked to leave the stadium. Right, yeah, okay, I uh, understand all of that. Uh, then you click on Submit, uh, and that question uh, then wings its way back to Adams Park. Uh, and hopefully, because I've ticked all of the right answers, when I turn up at the Adams Park gates tomorrow, uh, I will be allowed in. So it's about 40 minutes until kickoff. I am just driving down Hillbottom Road now. And I can't help thinking that normally this place will be absolutely rammed with 40 minutes to go until kickoff. Even if Wickham Wanderers were playing Forest Green Rovers, say, in a League Two game, uh, this would be very busy now. But this morning, there's not anyone around that I can see at all. There's the few usual lorries that are scattered around down Hillbottom Road. But other than me and a car that I'm following in front and a couple of people who are 
Obviously, officials from Adams Park who are just standing outside the gates, there is pretty much nobody here this morning. Right, just putting on the mask, which is Wickham Wanderers Blue, I'm glad to say. Morning, uh, Bob Johnson from Wickham Sound. Yeah, if you just follow this car here, sir. Yeah, no worries. You Thank you very much. Okay, so we're being directed round. Got some more officials now in very fetching orange jackets who've got a vent steward on the back. We we're just now checking in the person in front of me. There's quite a few cars in the car park, but not nearly as many cars as there would normally be if it wasn't a COVID restriction match. They have actually guaranteed that we will all have a parking place, which I don't think I've ever known before when I've been coming to a game at Adams Park. Guy who's doing the telling you where the park's got a very fetching mask. Morning, mate. Bob Johnson from Wickham Sound. Okay, he's just bringing the thermometer now. Can I take of course you can, yep. Yeah. Low. <laughs> Is that good or bad? Yep. Lovely, thank you very much. It's one of those things with your temperature. When they then say, oh, it's low, you think, well... I don't know, it's, it's, you know, I know it's better than it being high, but does that still mean that you're slightly unhealthy? Right, okay, so I've been directed to the back row, and then been told to go over and park in gate one. I'm just looking at the accreditation that they've given me um, and I see that they've written down Bob Johnson and then organisation Rotherham FC, which I'm not very happy about. I don't sound very Yorkshire, do I? Up to the gates, turn right, you'll be seated. Fantastic, lovely, cheers. So normally you would go in the main entrance next to the club shop, um, but no, we're going uh, in the entrance between what I call the main stand uh, and the town end looking across at the Frank Adams stand, just walking round. Oh, it's very busy here this morning. And I've made it. I am in the press box. I have managed to get in successfully. I've passed all of the COVID tests. Hopefully it will be a good game. So behind the scenes with Bob, which could be a new, again, a new feature especially if you go to Blackpool by mistake. Yes, no, I'm definitely not going to go to Blackpool. I Don't promise. have that in your head because you'll, no, you'll be No, I know, I know, no. Well, it's okay because, you know, we're in these days of sat-navs, you're unlikely to go to the wrong ground. I'm always slightly worried that you might have got the home and away wrong and, you know, you might turn up at Blackburn and then realise that actually they switched it to Adams Park, uh, particularly in these strange COVID days where that sort of thing might happen. But no, that, that has never happened. The, the one thing that really did strike me, though, going along, and the reason that I sort of recorded that whole little bit was that actually nobody knows these days whether or not they're going to get into the ground and it doesn't matter who you are whether you remember the media whether you remember the ground staff or whether you're Gareth Ainsworth or one of the players if you fail one of those tests as you go in and we all have to go through the same thing you don't get in 
What was your overall experience that you'll take, or thoughts of the experience that you'll take away? Did it feel uh, really well done, really safe, and, and you Completely. definitely that the whole kind of media match day experience yeah. was was still very positive? Yeah, really, really good. Uh, everyone was very friendly, as you heard. Uh, you know, I felt very well looked after. It did feel very safe. Lots of hand sanitizer, uh, lots of you know, just lots of instructions. But it was all very clearly said beforehand about the parts of the ground that you could go to and the parts of the ground that you couldn't. Uh, yeah, it was really, really well done. You might have heard us mention to Matt a little earlier as well. Was there a thought in the back of your mind at any point where you thought it's such a shame because this could be a cracking oh, atmosphere the on the, time. On the, the opening day time. i mean as i said just driving down hillbottom road you know which is not always the most uh you know sort of like evocative emotional place but as i was driving down there you know before the game an hour before the game and you just think goodness me you know in a different time you know this road would be absolutely heaving or you know you could see the people walking down the road if you know what i mean even though they weren't there and in the ground as well just you know just the fact that the atmosphere was so different you know it was still good i'm still going to say it was positive you know there was quite a lot of noise from from the wiccan wanderers uh, staff but yeah, you couldn't help thinking, particularly towards the end of the game, that actually what we really, really needed was the support on the terrace to really urge on Wickham. And obviously that wasn't there, and we all know what happened next. And really nice as well, you might have seen on social media that Rotherham's officials mentioned how well they were treated in terms of the space they were given, in terms of the welcome that they got. Because you imagine, don't you, especially in these times, that away clubs wouldn't be given such space, they'd be stuck out in the car park or something, wouldn't be given much room to warm up, they you know, they wouldn't have hot water perhaps, or you know, the old, olden days of turning off the, the hot water to, to sort of spoil the preparations of the, the visiting team, but so well looked after. I thought that was absolutely lovely, and I'm not going to say unexpected, but you don't think of Adams Park as being the biggest ground. So actually, as you say, if we had ended up putting the away team in some, you know, sort of like room in the corner, that wouldn't have been too surprising. But, you know, the fact that Rotherham actually went out of their way, their manager to say how well they've been treated, how well they've been looked after. I thought, you know, that that was really nice. And clearly it's not going to be the case that actually when teams come to Wickham Wanderers this season, yeah, you know, it's going to be a bit eye-opening for those teams that used to be in the Premier League because they are going to be well looked after. Really nice to hear about the new signings we mentioned a little earlier on and you might have heard us talk to Matt briefly as well about the off-field uh, expansion that's going on at the club as well in terms of personnel and uh, we've been speaking to one of their new signings Harry Gadd who has a, a very good title uh, he's sort of responsible for spreading the Wickham Wanderers uh, way word around the world. Are there any other W's we can add in? Mm, no. <laughs> um, yeah so my job title is Global Marketing Executive so uh, I'll be working closely with Rob and Pete, the owners, basically tasked with growing Wickham on a sort of worldwide level. So uh, we've come up with this sort of concept that we're calling the worldwide Wickham Wanderers phenomenon. And um, yeah, my role will be kind of to take Wickham to, to a global audience. So where do you sort of start, if you like? Uh, so I think it's kind of uh, sort of two-pronged, really. So you've obviously got kind of like fan engagement. And then kind of once that's been started, uh, we can move on to sort of like commercial opportunities, I think. First of all, kind of better engaging with our current fans, uh, and from there also like looking at how we can bring new fans in. With regards to like the worldwide Wiccan Wanderers phenomenon, which has very much started with the the Kuhig family, how how far has it got so far? I mean, it's been really surprising to see for me sort of joining the club recently uh, how many fans we already have, you know, worldwide. Um, I mean, you only need to sort of look through the comments on our social media channels, and you're seeing you know fans from sort of all corners of the world, really. Um, so I think the first step is kind of to, to better engage with them, you know, make sure that they feel invested by the club and that you know the club cares about them, uh, and then from there, kind of just growing it as much as we can. So uh, making sure that fans around the world have opportunities to to get the shirt, you know, sort of show their love for the club, 
um, and we're looking to kind of one of the first things that we've been doing is looking to create a kind of like international membership opportunity so um, fans will be able to kind of you know, get access to exclusive content um, my background's been in uh, Spanish at uni so trying to provide uh, sort of content for them in Spanish and their other languages where possible um, and just making them feel that they're really sort of you know a part of the club and, and making them feel as invested as possible it must be really exciting as well to, to get the, the Wickham story, if you like, out to, to other countries as well and, and for them to learn about, you know, where Wickham have come from and, and obviously where they are now. Of course, yeah. I think um, I think there are so many reasons to support Wickham. You know, you've obviously got um, the sort of idea of like rock and roll football and obviously, you know, Gareth's sort of longevity and background and love of music. You know, kids around the world will have no doubt played with Ak and Fenra on FIFA. Um, and then kind of, you know, the, like you say, like there's a success story of, you know, being such a being a fan-owned club and going from kind of like the brink of relegation out of the Football League to now playing in the Championship. So I think these are all kind of uh, you know, really cool and amazing aspects of the club that have always been there. But now that we have that elevated platform of playing in the Championship, you know, it's definitely going to be something that we're able to share more worldwide. Um, I think, you know, there are going to be people around the world that are going to you know, fall in love with, with some of the things about this club. I think kind of like coming from my background of like living in South America you know a lot of the sort of values about watching sport togetherness and unity and stuff like that are values that really resonate with the club so um, yeah it's my job to kind of make sure that people know about us and uh, get as many people supporting us as possible and to quite literally put Wickham on the map as well because I know when you go on holiday you say you, you explain to other people even from England where, where Wickham is and you say oh it's not near London and they say oh yeah I know someone from London do you know Pete and they <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know you get that a lot don't you yeah but it must be uh, quite a challenge to be able to introduce, as you say, sort of uh, Wickham and, and the Wickham story to, to other countries and, and nationalities and languages as well. Yeah, no, it, it definitely will be a challenge. I think, you know, there's already, um, you know, there's, there's already like a decent base level to work with, I think. You know, there's um, a, a lot of kind of news outlets around the world have picked up on the sort of the success story and our promotion uh, from where we were a few years ago to where we are now. So um, our challenge is to really build on that and, and like you say, you know, put put Wickham on the map and make sure it becomes a sort of household name in, in English football. When you look at it, that, that phone call that Gareth Ainsworth made to Bayo those years ago, it's just so, it's such a fantastic one in so many ways, not only from the football side because of what he brings obviously on the pitch, but also everything off the pitch, as you've already rightly said, uh, the fact that so many kids know about him through FIFA and also through all of the stuff that he does on YouTube. Yeah, no, of course. I mean... Um, that that would probably have been my first, you know, sort of experience of coming across his name is is from FIFA. You know, he's obviously such a huge character off the pitch as well as on the pitch. You know, he's obviously been incredibly successful here at Wickham. Um, so yeah, that that's definitely one of the things that I think does attract people to supporting Wickham. Um, but obviously, you know, there's, there's the whole playing squad and, and the manager and, and everything else about the club that we really want to make people fall in love with. Um, so yeah, it's it just I think so many different reasons to support the club, and our challenge will be to work out. Uh, which of these you know we can really get people on board with uh, and, and make them support us and follow us whether that be Akinfenwa like you say from kids playing with them on FIFA to, to some of the other things we mentioned and Gareth Ainsworth so often says you know we're Wickham Wanderers we do things differently well you know we really do again as you're saying about rock and roll football the fact that we've got a manager who you know when you look at him you think well yeah he looks like he's just come off stage uh, you know that that really does set us out from some of the managers who either wear track suits or just normal suits yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, you've got his longevity of, of being here for so long, which I think is, you know, really stands out in particularly cutthroat industry nowadays. And like you say, you know, his appearance is quite relatable and 
yeah, you know, we're just like a, a, a normal club. I mean, when you when you hear him being interviewed and the players being interviewed, and I think it's very relatable, all down to earth guys. And, and yeah, I think that's definitely something that people can can get on board with. It must be quite strange as well for people locally to imagine that there would be an interest uh, in Wickham in other countries as well. But I imagine as well, being having that step up into the championship, it will def- definitely broaden the appeal. Definitely, yeah. No, I mean, um, like we were saying, you know, all these kind of like cool aspects about the club have have been there and thereabouts. You know, people that have followed Wickham will will already be aware of, of what we're about and um, the, the success that we've had in recent years. But I think you know, like around the world, perhaps League One and League Two are kind of less. Uh, international as opposed to the Championship and the Premier League so I think the Championship's the fifth most watched league in the world I mean you've got some huge teams in there and huge teams that have played in there before moving up Um, so yeah no it's definitely going to bring a lot more spectators around the world and and hopefully you know we can we can catch people's eyes not just off the pitch like we were saying in terms of engaging with fans and stuff like that but also on the pitch you know hopefully we can uh, we can be a, a good a good bet on the pitch this year you mentioned your background in Spanish. Are we looking to attract um, foreign language uh, supporters to the club? And if so, would it just be in Spanish? Is it planned to in other languages as well? So I think Spanish is probably what we've looked at first. Obviously, you know, like you said, with my background and, and Matt, our head of media and marketing, also has a, has a good, decent understanding of Spanish. So I think that's kind of what we started with first. I mean, uh, the weekend just gone against Rotherham, we, um, we put out our first highlights package with Spanish commentary. Um, I mean, obviously, that kind of you know, covers all of South America except Brazil and Spain. Um, where we've seen a lot of followers kind of engaging with our content on social media. So we think that Spanish is definitely a good place to start. But obviously, if it works well and we're able to attract lots of views from Spain and other Spanish-speaking countries, then it'll be something that we could look at reproducing for, for other nationalities too. Do you have something in terms of perhaps a global takeover targets? I, I imagine you have some sort of dad's army kind of map on your wall that you're, you're trying to move into different countries. Is that something you're, you're sort of looking to... If we, if we're not get, quite as more strategic as that but yeah, no, I think, uh, <laughs> so two thirds uh, of the world covered by next season would be great yeah exactly yeah give us a year and then yeah we'll have it all sorted um no i, I think it's kind of a, a uh, it's kind of more the last couple of weeks have been just to let's get the ball rolling and see see where this interest emerges obviously with the Kiwis being from the states we've seen a bit of interest there um so that will obviously be kind of like an avenue that we explore um and also yeah i think with obviously my background in spanish and with so many covered, so many countries covered by sort of Spanish-speaking content, um, that's also another good place to start. But we've seen fans from all over. You know, I've, um, as part of the international membership package that we're looking to offer, we're kind of be trying to um, trying to get some some supporters groups present in each of these countries, so you know that people can have kind of much more personal experience and support the club with other people from their country. So um, we've seen interest already in, in supporters groups from. Uh, from Turkey, uh, from Spain, from France, from Norway, uh, South America. So, you know, it really is a so like a, a really vast area covered already. So, hopefully, we'll we'll keep that growing and um, and see, like you say, taking off as many places as we can. I would imagine that as we've now got iFollow and you can pretty much watch the game, uh, particularly if, if you're abroad, um, pretty much you know anytime, anywhere, that must make things so much easier than actually, say, doing this if you couldn't really access um, coverage abroad, if you could only watch, say, the Sky games. Definitely, yeah. No, obviously, it's, already, uh, it's, it's a great platform to have to be able to, you know, it gives us a way that fans overseas can, can watch us uh, on that platform. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be streamed in their country. They can get the iFollow pass through our platform. Also, kind of looking at it the other way, you know, it's a real shame that we'd love to obviously be building this with a view to getting fans to come over and welcoming them and sort of giving them a really cool experience. Um, 
hopefully that's not in the too distant future. But for now, yeah, you're right. The iFollow Pass is a great way to sort of uh, stay in touch and, and watch our games. And there's something really nice about knowing that you're, if you like, expanding the community of, of different fans in different countries wearing the Wickham shirt or perhaps even the, the Mardi Gras away goalkeeper shirt. Exactly, yeah. I mean, yeah, you've always seen through the, through the Mardi Gras kit, that's kind of our tribute to, to Louisiana and the, the colours of Mardi Gras through our ownership of the Keurigs. Um Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely going to be a way to bring, bring people together and yeah, hopefully we'll watch some of these fan groups and pages that we're starting to get set up expand and grow in numbers and then maybe further down the line when we're allowed to sort of have more larger scale gatherings. You know, it'd be great to see some sort of, you know, almost like fan parks that you see at World Cups with people in various countries supporting Wickham Wanderers. So something like that would be really cool. Um, I think it'll be something that's quite unique to our club. And yeah, hopefully that'll be something that we can work towards in the future. Fantastic. I, you know, I, I like the idea of lots of fans from around the world coming to Adams Park. That would be quite cool to sit next to somebody, say from Brazil, Argentina, somewhere like that, um, you know, who's, who follows us from afar. It'll be amazing. Yeah, I mean, already last year we had um, we had a couple of guys from Argent- uh, sorry from Mexico come over. Um, their link with the club was that they loved playing with Akinfenor on FIFA. They came over here. Um, we were aware of their plans and sort of gave them a really good experience. Looked after them. They got to meet the manager, the players, pictures of Akinfenor. And you know, even now you can look on social media. They're still just absolutely in love with Wickham. So. Yeah, that's just like one story. Uh, hopefully now that we're actually kind of trying to make a conscious effort to engage more with fans overseas, you know, we would like to have more overseas fans coming and visiting us in the future and sort of spreading the word that they had a great time here and feel invested and cared about by the club. And yeah, hopefully this is something, um, the example of those guys coming over from Mexico is just one of many stories that will emerge uh, over the coming years. And our proximity to London must be a real benefit as well, because obviously people coming from other countries, landing at, at the airport, and, and perhaps not wanting uh, deliberately to, to follow one of the bigger clubs and to go and find out more about someone who's a little smaller out, out just out of town. Exactly, yeah. No, we're not too far from London at all. You know, um, got good links to get into London. And, and like you say, you know, obviously, yes, you could go to perhaps one of the bigger clubs in Premier League football, but, you know, it can be expensive, ticketing difficulties and things like that. You know, if you come to Adams Park, beautiful backdrop to the surrounding stadium <clears throat> lovely town lovely surroundings and um obviously yeah you get to see some uh, some rock and roll football as well hopefully so and maybe a, maybe a partridge on the pitch as well maybe who knows <laughs> <laughs> um harry can t- tell us a little bit about your background in football as well um were, were you originally a wickham wanderers fan and it's, uh, and it's okay to say no, by the way. I was going to say, yeah, maybe this isn't the best place to share that conversation <laughs> with. But uh, no, so I'm, I'm actually a Liverpool fan. But um, no, so my, my background is uh, I was at Newcastle University. Uh, I did Spanish and business. So that was kind of where I had the opportunity to go and live in Chile as part of the course. Um, and really sort of like build on Spanish there. And obviously amazing experience to live in uh, South America. Coming away from sort of like that degree, but I knew that I always wanted to work in, uh, in the sports industry, particularly in football, like on the sort of commercial and marketing side of things. So um, I ended up studying for a master's at UCFB. It's like a university dedicated to football business. We've got another couple of people that are working at the club that um, have a similar background of coming from there. And um, yeah, no, I was really, uh, obviously with COVID and stuff, I thought kind of working in the sports industry was going to be quite uh, tough to get into uh, after everything that happened over the summer. But um came in for an interview for an internship and after sort of sharing some ideas with Pete, um, kind of like talking about skills and experience and his plans for this uh, sort of, you know, implementing the worldwide phenomenon, you know, it kind of transpired that um, could be suitable for a role there. So, um, yeah, really lucky with the timings and everything. But um, I think, yeah, like you said, you know, it's a hugely, uh, a hugely exciting opportunity and, uh, and one that I can't wait to get more involved with. 
when you were out in Chile, uh, are, are the South Americans as football mad and obsessed as we assume that they're going to be? They are pretty football crazy, yeah. No, you'll have, uh, I remember watching games with the national team and you'll have United you know, families where, you know, sort of quite quite a quiet family, you know, by day and then as soon as the football kicks off, you know, it's just absolute carnage, screaming and uh, a lot of shouting. And yes, I know they, they do really love their football. Um, I think it's much more of a kind of, uh, you know, it's a really big social occasion when the national team are playing. You know, I think it's much more important to them perhaps than it is over here. Um, you know, it's sort of like an occasion for everyone to come together, you know, like win or lose and, um, and share a good time with the rest of your family and friends and stuff. So yeah, no, they are they are football crazy. Um, I was uh, lucky enough to go and watch a few games. Um, yeah, different experience, but yeah, really really exciting. You must get the sense as well. This is such an exciting time to be involved with the club and and spreading the if it doesn't sound too corny, spreading the word of the, the Wicked Wanderers way worldwide. Hundred percent. Yeah, you know it's a really really exciting time. Uh, obviously, to be playing in the championship first time in the history. Um, yeah, it's obviously an unbelievable opportunity to get involved and such an exciting time sort of still seeing uh, sort of the benefits from new ownership and um, I, you know, I think it's such a, yeah, a really special club obviously really well connected and embedded in the community um, but also with that great balance of you know, sort of um, drive and ambition to, to take things further than the sort of surrounding area of High, of, uh, High Wycombe so yeah, really, really exciting time to be involved in the club and I think it's going to be a really exciting season Perhaps you can bring some sort of South American flavours to the to the menu as well at Adams Park. Could do, yeah. Get some empanadas and some, uh, yeah, nice nice foods like that. Yeah, spice things up a bit. Could be nice. <laughs> well, obviously, wish you all the best with the, the, the role and, and, and look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you very much. Great to chat. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Harry. Many thanks to Harry Gadd for speaking to us on the Wickham Wanderers show. We wish him all the very best uh, in his quest uh, to turn as many people in the world into Wiccan Wanderers fans, uh, very much like your, your quote about Dad's Army. Um, <laughs> and you can sort of see the risk board as well, can't you, as they try and turn it into like light and, and dark blue quarters. No, definitely. You can imagine Eskimos in the... In the, in the <laughs> even, even wearing the... I'm not sure you're allowed to say that anymore, are you? <laughs> oh, aren't you? The Inuit people. Oh, OK. Yes, I think. All I'm right. sure I might be wrong. Oh, is there another new feature for the show? <laughs> in- <laughs> <laughs> in upcoming weeks. Oh, I didn't realise Eskimos was. Things you're not meant to say anymore <laughs> on the Wicked Wanderers show. No, I, d- I don't think that feature's got got legs, as it were. Oh, okay. Um, coming up, we will be speaking. They can't to... all be brilliant, can they? No, they can't. Absolutely. We will be speaking to <laughs> Phil Catchpole, who is catching up with Wickham fan Mark Evans, uh, who formerly worked on uh, the FIFA games um, and who has also had an interesting encounter with Lionel Messi. And we'll be previewing the Wickham Wanderers' first away game in the Championship away to Blackburn, manager Gareth Hainsworth's hometown club. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome back to the final third. Or, or third half, as we called it last week. <laughs> I think we should stick to the third half. I think, I think yes, third half. Of the Wiccan Wanderer Otherwise show. Otherwise it becomes a bit like ice hockey and you start talking about periods and that just sounds a bit strange. It's yes. the third period. <laughs> no, let's, let's go for the third half. Or, or extra time. I could, that's, that works as well. Absolutely. Yes. That works. That does work well. I already had some fantastic guests on. If you've missed any of it, well, if you've missed any of it, you're not listening to this bit, are you? Either, either but uh, we are available on a podcast. <laughs> hey, I've just switched on. <laughs> If you've missed the last bit, uh, you can catch all of it again uh, on your usual podcast suppliers that will be available in the coming week as well, so make sure you don't miss that. Uh, still to come on the final part of the show, as I say, looking forward to uh, Wicked Wanderers away to Blackburn Rovers in the Championship this weekend. But we are now going to hear from a voice of Wicked Wanderers, Mr Phil Catchpole, who has been catching up with Wickham fan Mark Evans. On the line now from Switzerland, uh, Zurich to be precise, is Wickham fan Mark Evans. Now, Mark, I contacted you because uh, you put up a picture on the 
Wickham Wanderers Facebook page of you and Lionel Messi and obviously lots of clubs and special club official accounts of saying you know come on Lionel come and sign for Forest Green Rovers or whoever but you've met the, the guy himself so technically you're a lot closer to most of these other people is Messi going to come to Wickham? Well, I hope so, Phil. I used to work for EA Sports and uh, we used to abuse Messi in our advertising a lot. Um, and my role was kind of based on the advertising side. Um, so we used to work with him every year for kind of five or six years. And every time I met him, you know, I tried to drop in the appeals of Wickham. At that time, it was kind of at his peak. So I wasn't really looking for a move. I was pretty happy at Barcelona. But I used to sort of talk to him about, you know, end of his career, might be looking to wind down, more serene surroundings. So I used to drop in Wickham a bit. Uh, his English isn't great, so I honestly don't know how much of that he ever understood. But I tried my best, and I'm just hoping that some of it might have stuck. Now, what's he like? Because obviously to play for Wickham, it helps if you're good at football, but you know, Dobbo and Gaz always go on about, you know, you've got to be a, a, a great character, you've got to fit into the dressing room. Would, would Lionel fit into the Wickham way? I have to say, I don't know if he's got the character that that would be a great fit with our dressing room. He's very quiet, doesn't say a lot, so he might find some of the characters there a little bit overwhelming. That said, I imagine his talent might might get him through that. Um, so you never know, and I suspect that Dobbo and Gareth might turn a blind eye to character in this case. I'm, I'm not so sure. I think maybe we could be... We could, <laughs> Championship Wickham turned down Messi. I can see the headlines now. <laughs> Let's talk a bit more about EA Sports because Wickham have signed Uchi Ikpiatu, who's the fifth strongest player in the game. We already own the strongest player in the game, of course, in Adebayo Wakim Fenwa. Uh, so I'm quite excited about the strongest front line partnership sort of bulldozing their way through championship defences. Um, these, yeah. these, these scores, strength, skill, whatever they all broken down as... Well, we can see that Bayo's really strong. We can see that Ikpiatu's really strong. How much research goes into these figures? A lot. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a case of those figures just being plucked out of thin air. There's a lot of research that goes into those player scores. Um, and actually not just for the, the top level players either. All through the leagues, there's uh, teams of people who, who collect that data and then assemble it and, and give scores to players, kind of strength, speed, shooting, defending. So, And those scores are actually used not just by kind of FIFA players, but actually professional clubs to use them as well as, as part of their scouting these days. So they were kind of recognised as something that um, can, is, is actually really accurate and is used for player recruitment. Um, so, yeah, really interesting. And as you said, now I've got two of the strongest players um, in the game, which, which is pretty formidable, actually. And I suspect no team has, has had two players like that before. So it'd be certainly an interesting pairing in the championship this season. Sadly, Mark, you're, you no longer work at EA Sports because I think every football fan, even the uh, the floating fans out there, would agree with me that Joe Jacobson should be on the cover of the, of this season's game uh, <laughs> at the very, very least. You can't make that happen, unfortunately. I can't, but I, I still know a few people there, so I can have a word, but I, sus- I suspect that might be a stretch, unfortunately. But I, I agree with you. He absolutely should be on there. Indeed. Uh, and while we've got you on the line, I mean, you, you live in Switzerland now, but you clearly have a, an English accent. So what's the story with you and Wickham Wanderers? Uh, yeah, so I grew up in Bucks. I uh, grew up in Prestwood, which um about 10 minutes away from, from Wickham. Uh, so I've been a fan for a long time now. started to watch Wickham in the early 90s, um, which was quite a great time, really, to, to start getting into to watching us. Um, very fond memories of watching us at Wembley um, back then in the playoff final. Um, and even before that. So, yeah, that's my history with Wickham. Sadly, moved away 
from the UK um, about nine years ago now. So having been able to get to Adams Park as much as I'd, I'd have liked over the last few years, um, and obviously devastated to be missing our, our first season in the championship. Although, you know, with crowds not being allowed in, um, slight silver lining for me is that if, even if I was back, I might not be able to watch us anyway. Um, but yeah, it's uh, really nice watching, you know, watching us climb the leagues at the moment, even from a bit of a distance. Yeah, so you're one of these uh, worldwide Wiccan phenomenons, as, as Rob Kuhig calls it, and uh, you're put, putting the, the Wiccan flag on the map in Switzerland. So what, what's it like watching online, you know, and, and following from online? Is there that sense of detachment? Because this is the reality now for at least the first month of the season for all Wiccan fans. Yeah, I'll tell you what, um, iFollow has been a, an absolute ground uh, game changer for, for people like me. Um, when I first moved here, you know, I... The only time I'd ever get to watch us live would be through the occasional appearance on Sky Sports. And I remember actually, I think the, the day I moved over to Switzerland, the next day we were playing Huddersfield um, live on Sky and we, and we lost 6-0, uh, which is absolutely horrible. Um, but but over the last, you know, last year or two, uh, with the with iFollow coming in, it's made it so much easier. So it now means that I can watch... Um, every game uh, in the league. Uh, I think it's even cheaper for expats like me than it is for people living in the UK, uh, which seems a bit unfair. But yeah, so that now I feel much more connected and able to watch the games. Um, and hopefully that will continue this season. So yeah, big, I think iFollow has been has been an awesome um, introduction, especially for people like me who, who live a little bit away from the ground now. Really good to hear from Phil Catchpole chatting to Wickham Wanderers fan Mark Evans. Don't forget you can catch up with Phil's podcast, uh, brand new and available now on all your good podcast outlets. It's called Ringing the Blues and uh, a brilliant listen. And you can catch up on uh, past episodes as well, which is also a very good listen. It is. It's fantastic. And many thanks to Phil for allowing us to, to play out his interviews. Ideal for long away journeys. It is, yes, indeed. Um, if you haven't got Neil Harmon's book on, on audiobook, Neil, if you want to come in and record it, then definitely I will arrange that for you. Uh, then Phil Catchpole is a, a fantastic alternative uh, on his Ringing the Blues podcast. Very exciting on the latest edition of our show to be building up to Wickham Wanderers' first away game of the season as well against Blackburn Rovers. Yes, so I went up to the Wickham Wanderers' training ground this morning and spoke to Gareth Ainsworth about just what Blackburn meant to him. Yeah, it obviously means everything. It's my hometown, it's where I grew up. Um, it's shaped me as a person, you know, very early early days learning a lot of resilience but probably didn't realise it at the time, you know. I've gone back recently and it's... Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's a tough place to be, you know. There's not a lot going on there. There's not a lot of money and finances, but what there is is great people, and and uh, and I'm really looking forward to going back. Uh, I wish those great people were coming in the stadium because last time I went, I got a lovely round of applause at the end of the game, and uh, the 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 song what they sing about well, he's one of your own, you know that that's true for this club for me, you know, Blackburn fan through and through, and uh, won't be sat here probably if it weren't for Blackburn Rovers, so. Um, yeah, it means a lot to me. And going home, going back to Ewood Park will be a, a really special moment for me. Never done it as a manager, done it as a player a couple of times. But um, yeah, this this will be special. And uh, like I said, just wish people were there. Um, but we'll see what we can do. I'm, I'm for once looking uh, looking that Rovers get beat. That's, that's what I'm hoping, you know. And uh, it does seem weird to be saying that, but really and truly, you know, Wickham has has been so good to me. I'm I feel. I feel like I'm I'm part of Wickham and uh, and that'll be important for us on Saturday to to play what is you know a real big championship game you know Premier League champions 
I've got to slip that in in 94, 95, you know, <laughs> and a nice moment for That's us. Yeah. Um, so to have this uh, this game against this club is, uh, is is what we got to the championship for, you know, and uh, and a real special moment. Um, looking forward to it. Travelling up tomorrow, ready to go. Are you uh, doing anything special tomorrow evening? Are you staying up there, seeing any family, anything like that, or going out to any any local haunts? <laughs> Do you know what? Fortunately, most of the Blackburns in uh, like a local lockdown, so there's not much we can do. You know, uh, it's one of the hot spots uh, with the COVID, and uh, mum and dad have been uh, housed up for you know six months or more. You know, so I saw them at the Fleetwood game briefly from a distance, but uh, since about February, you know, it's been uh, it's been slim pickings with the parents. So. Um, they'll be at the game, uh, which is great. You know, the club have, uh, have allowed my parents to come to the game, which is brilliant because I know it'd be a big special moment for my dad, who, who took me as a six-year-old, and uh, and that's where I got hooked on football. But um, yeah, we uh, we're just going up as normal, preparing as normal. I don't want it to be anything special, but if if the if the, the limelight comes onto me because I'm from Blackburn and takes all the pressure off the players, then that that helps, I'm sure. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what this squad can go and do against what I think is one of the best clubs in the in the country uh, if not the best club so we'll uh, we'll see what we can do uh, if you pick him tomorrow it'll be Ryan Allsop's 100 appearance for the club is he one of your your better signings uh, do you know he's right up there with everyone you know honestly we don't make many mistakes I'm really proud of that um, there's been one or two and and, and mistakes too big a word some just haven't worked out for one reason or another never made a mistake you know I don't think but there's obviously one or two I haven't worked out Ryan has definitely has worked out I think he's improved no end uh, he's uh, he's a great lad, you know. He, he's really opened up lately to allow us to get inside his head and, and him as a person uh, to allow us to, to, to bring his game on. Um, he's, he's a cracking keeper anyway, had all the right tools at the start. I think just a bit of belief in Ryan um, has been important. Uh, and we wouldn't be in the championship if it wasn't for Ryan Allsop, you know. So it's plain and simple, you know. There's, there's a. There's some big players who've, who've contributed some big things to this club and uh, I'm glad Ryan's found a home and uh, like I say, I've had one or two moments, you know, I've left him out a couple of times for, for other people and uh, sometimes it was for real reasons, sometimes to give him a little bit of a kick up the backside and uh, each time he's come back in and, and proved himself and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't have him uh, any other way, he's, he's a fantastic guy and uh, looking forward to seeing if he can keep a clean shit up there. Are there any injury updates? Uh, we've seen a lot of Bayouac and Fenwer this season, but mainly on the screen rather than on the pitch. How close is he to coming back? Very close. He's outside now, which is great, you know. So we get him in the squad as soon as possible, you know. Um, other than him, I think we've got a, a fully fit squad, which is brilliant. So I'm, I'm taking everyone up there, which is uh, which is great. It gives me a couple of headaches. Trying to get a couple more players in before the end of the window. Um, no names to disclose or no no hints on what positions that might be, but. Um, we're just probably one or two short of uh, of the full squad that will get us through to January. Rob Keurig and Pete Keurig have been fantastic backing me. Andrew Howard with his work behind the scenes, and uh, and I think we're in good shape. Um, spoke to a few people lately, and they're all saying, "Look, whatever happens, this is a fantastic journey, a fantastic year for the club." Um, I want to make it another fairy tale. I want to make it another season where people say, "How the hell are Wickham Wanderers doing what they're doing?" Um, and I've got a bunch of boys I think can achieve that. Talking of that, yesterday a sad day for football as Macclesfield Town went uh, out of existence. Really, that's one of those things that, as a small club, you look at and you think, "Well, goodness me!" You know, there were a few times, particularly in your managerial reign, where that could have been Wickham Wanderers. It definitely won, especially in you know, all the way game at Torquay. Um, 
I that that touches me quite quite close to the heartstrings that story because we could have been that club we we honestly could have uh, you know what is it two months after they've been relegated they they now fold up and and they've gone um, that could have been this club you know and this club's so much bigger than Macclesfield you know not in a derogatory way to Macclesfield but we've had a a good 25 years in the league and 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 it's uh, it's a sad state of affairs you know where football. Um, has allowed that to happen. Uh, I know the COVID stuff, and I know the fans not being allowed in has played big, big parts in in clubs' finances. And uh, I just hope they can come back soon because football is definitely not the same without the fans. And we are so fortunate to have been promoted. We worked damn hard for it, but we're fortunate to be in a position where we are probably one of the luckier ones without fans at the moment. You know, the, the payments in the Championship and the Premiership get you by. Leagues one and leagues two. Wow, it's really, really tough, and I really empathise with those people. And uh, and I, I for one, am an, an advocate of trying to filter some money down. Even though we're in this championship, I'd, I'd love to be able to filter some money down to some clubs who need it. I think it's really important, and uh, and let's hope that the, the powers that be can can really, you know, find some solutions that that stop this type of thing happening. That's Barry and Macclesfield now in, in successive years, and uh, and really, it's uh, it's sad because they're two clubs I've both played at, played some big history a big part of my history and uh, I think I've scored at both grounds um, that's, uh, that's a sad day but um, hopefully we can uh, we can turn this around and start getting football healthy again. And ahead of what will hopefully be his 100th game for Wickham Wanderers, that is if Gareth Ainsworth selects him, I also spoke to Ryan Allsop and asked him about his memories of that fantastic night two months ago at Wembley. Um, yeah, It's all a bit surreal really uh, when we look back at it, obviously seen it back a couple of times now um, obviously the boys been fantastic all season I feel like winning at Wembley just topped it off obviously it would have been nice to have all the fans there um, but nonetheless we, we got the job done and achieved what we wanted to achieve and obviously it's, it's a brilliant thing to look back on but um, we're focused on looking forward now and um, doing our utmost to, to be where we want to be at this season must have been strange playing there as well considering that you won there with Lincoln back in in 2018 when obviously the place was full and this time it was empty yeah it was um, it was obviously very different Um, both obviously very very big moments for me in my career obviously things to look at look back on things to show the grandkids but um, it was very different atmosphere wise Um, as I said it would have been brilliant to have the fans there. Obviously, we wanted to share that moment with them. Um, and obviously, they would have loved to have been there. Obviously, circumstances um, didn't allow that. But um, as I said, the most important thing was for us to get that job done. Um, and hopefully, we can we can have them back in the stadium soon so we can uh, hopefully make more memories together. You're one of a number of players who come in on loan and then eventually actually come back permanently. What is it about this club that, that actually brings players back that they really want to come back here? Um, it's just everything about it. The dressing room, the staff, the management, um, there's a, there's a, the fans. There's a real family feel about the whole club. Um, and I think that's what's brought us so, so much success. Um, and hopefully it can continue to do that. Um, everyone can see the team spirit I think so many people have mentioned to me about the um, the playoff final and how together we were and how, how much we ran for each other and worked hard for each other and I think as long as we carry on doing that who knows what, 
future. If you're selected on Saturday, you'll be making your 100th appearance for Wickham. Your priorities moved around a lot in your career. Is it nice to actually be settled somewhere now? Of course it is, yeah. Um, I've had many different experiences in my in my, in my career. Um, it's lovely to have a place to call home and have a dressing room that that I have stability. Um, my family has stability. I know I know where I've been. Obviously, this is my third season now. Um, so it's nice to have that home to to feel settled and, and feel relaxed. And obviously, we've achieved a lot, and we only want to achieve more. Um, so it's brilliant to have to be settled, as I say. Um, and and I couldn't have a, a better group of staff or group of lads to 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 be at with. So um, now, obviously, delighted and hopefully look forward to making my hundredth appearance on Saturday. During those 100 games, you've worn some fairly interesting kits, shall we say. Are you going to be wearing the Mardi Gras kit on, on Saturday in celebration? Um, I'll leave that up to the staff. Um, to be fair, I, it's grew on me, the uh, the Mardi Gras kit. Um, I do like the traditional black one, though. Um, but either way, it, whatever kit I wear, hopefully we can go and get the three points and hopefully a clean sheet, too, if selected. And Blackburn Rovers, that's one of those games that actually, when the championship fixtures came out, people were looking for. Clearly, they're former Premier League champions, so it's going to be it's going to be a tough game, but it's an exciting one for Wickham. Of course, yeah. I think you look at the fixtures, and, and they all they're all tough games. Um, we we know the challenges that we've got ahead of us. Um, there's a lot of massive teams teams in uh, in this league, and it's brilliant that we get to brush shoulder with these teams. Um, we get to go and test ourselves against. Former, uh, former Premier League players, um, so it's a, it's a great test for us. Um, Blackburn are a massive club, just like many others in this league. But um, we'll obviously work work on the training pitch um, today and tomorrow, and um, hopefully set out a plan that that will hopefully go and get us the three points. Second episode of the Wickham Wanderers show virtually done. The difficult second album, I think we did okay. I'm looking forward to the limited edition re, re, um, what do they call it? Reissue. The reissue. In 20 years, yes, when they, they interview us again and, and all of the, the bits that didn't actually make the cut uh, I've put back in. It's been a good show, I think. I think it's been fantastic. We've heard some very, very interesting people, not to mention ourselves. We're very interesting as well, of course. Yes, well, I hope so. I hope you have enjoyed it, so, wherever uh, you happen to be listening. We hope you enjoy your trip to Blackburn. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, I will try and go to Blackburn and not Blackpool. Uh, do you want me to do another Bob's Eye view as I'm going along? Absolutely, yes. Uh, see you next time in Warwick Services. OK, yes, <laughs> I, I, I will do that. You can find out how easy it is to get into Ewood Park, or how difficult it is with regards to the Covid restrictions. Because you'll have the first to compare with as well. I will. I will.